Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just a little bit too tired. Uh, okay. nor- normally I try and say something clever. I just... Probably going to be very low-key this episode. I'm just going to go ahead and take a little nap. Y'all go ahead. All right, fair enough. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. It's a great day, and I'm excited. We're going to have a great time here today. I just, I'm so pumped. No one likes you when you're like that. Also joining us, all the approach to see one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. <laughs> hey, folks, what's going on? I was so annoyed by Jed, I almost forgot how to say the word pastor. <laughs> <laughs> that was good stuff. All right, we want to open this week. We, we had a couple of nice notes on our live episode. We had our friend... Stephanie on Twitter uh, tweeting a quote from that she did a tribute to Jed, but we all know is Jed because of the content. It says, and I quote, ministerial cosplay is a favorite pastime of mine. And she hashtagged it. I think you'll enjoy this, Fitz. Glencon. Nice. Yeah. Whoa, Speaking of the con, of Glencon, we also had our friend Adrian on Tumblr write in wondering, quote, when a bridge convention was coming to a town near her. Well, I think that's an interesting question. It's fascinating, even. I think it's fascinating enough to declare something. What would you like to declare, Jed? Emergency! It's an emergency! Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> wow. That emergency scared Glenn. Yeah, a little bit. I got a little freaked out. Okay, so we had people on the internet say nice things. I failed to see the emergency. Someone explain. There is a global demand yeah. For a Say That World Tour. Yes. Well, wow. I, guess, I guess Texas, where I believe Stephanie is, and Indianapolis, where Adrian is, are both on the globe. So that would make it a global demand, I suppose. Let me ask you something, Matt King. Sure. Is Texas in the world? Very much so. Is Indianapolis in the world? Yes, unfortunately. Then it's a world <laughs> tour. Worldwide. Now look, people of the internet, you might be thinking... You might be thinking probably to bring in the fellows from Say That would take millions of dollars and right. years of planning. Right. I, I need access to a stadium. I'd right, need right. Kind of like the Olympics. Exactly. You have to like build the stadium. You know, we'd have to totally. bid for it. We'd have to have opening ceremonies. There would be torches. Exactly right. You know, Parade of nations. Bizarre, inscrutable Riots. dance routines. Mascots. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Class tension. Sure. Right. And, you know, uh, you'd be right to think all of that. And, 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 of course, we'd be in spandex. Well, clearly. Yeah. Well, clearly. that's how we always record the podcast. You're sure. welcome, Internet. <laughs> <laughs> be a lot of inspiring stories about how our moms drove us to the podcast recording studio at 6 a.m. every morning. <laughs> a lot years. of soft news journalism. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> the uh, fellows who say that are recording today's podcast in memory of their teammate, Apollo Ono. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can Morgan Freeman do the voiceover on the commercials? Totally. More importantly, is Apollo Odo dead? Why are we <laughs> no. doing things in memory of him? <laughs> and why is it that the only Olympian Jed has ever heard of <laughs> happens to be Apollo Ono? Hey, you know, I'm about to blow your mind. Bob Costas doing extensive coverage on the podcast. Wow. Well, yeah, that's, I did yeah, blow our mind. That's a deep cut. That's there. right. That's what I'm talking about. Now, you would be right to think all of that. Right. You would be right to think, I want to bask in the glory of Say That, and also Jesus, but principally right. of Say That. Right. But I, I, <laughs> Well, thanks for going back there to emphasize, Jed. We almost slipped that one in. But probably, <laughs> I don't have the money or the pull or whatever, and you'd be right. You that's don't. Right. Yeah, you don't have the money or the pull. 
except that we're actually a really cheap date. So, um, if you can get uh, 25 people in a room yeah. in your town sure. uh, in the uh, continental United States, we'll come out. Right. Sure. <laughs> get it together, man. Sure. Small groups, church group. Prison yeah. ministry, youth ministry, whatever you got. Now, hold on. Because this is an emergency, I, I do think, I mean, that's that's doable. Sure. You know, for, for a lot of people, that's a doable thing. We'll get 25 people. We'll get them in the room. We'll provide, you know. But, I mean, we do have certain, you know, retainers. Lay it on me. Tell me the details, man. Um, I'm going to need some form of, uh, some, some form of, of grilled sandwich, yeah, mm. where where cheese is present right. and where bacon also appears. Now, are we talking right. about a panini? Are we going high class here? I'm look. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go full panini. That's that's fine. Okay. Is that a requirement though? I mean, would you settle for a lowly grilled cheese? I I think we could make it happen with a grilled cheese, but you know, but you know, you you gotta look. Certain requirements have to be met right. if we're gonna do this show. I'm I'm open to a semi panini. All right, Fitz. What's on your rider? Well, here's what I, I'm just picturing this. Okay. Maybe I'm picturing it wrong, but you know, somebody calls us up and says, "I've got you know, a, a you know, crowd, a, a nice as you say, you know, thirty person crowd, you know, and I got a venue. Come and 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 do GlenCon, right? Which that's what the internet's demanding that we call it. Totally, right. absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm not asking for upwards this. of one person has demanded <laughs> we call it Glencon. It's a wave that's <laughs> crashing over the whole internet. But what I picture is who, the organizer person right. that we're crashing at their house. Right, of course. That's how I picture it. Sure. So what happens? is We all get in there. Everybody gets in their jammies. Okay. We oh. all get our grilled cheese. We're in front of the TV, hanging out, and then then the mom comes in and says, "Okay, lights out." And we're like, "Mom, come on, can't we watch some more TV for five more minutes?" And then we all, you know, you know, get in our sleeping bags, and we go down for the night, and then then we get into some ministry. Okay, you know? so that I can I can agree with. Okay, now if you're sticking us in some you know lousy little uh, you know Hilton hotel or something. Right. With a, a room service and a balcony. Right. Well, that I'm out. Sure. In that case. That's... Sure. You're not, you're not going to slum it at the Four Seasons. No, right? you know, you guys got to have the personal touch. Absolutely. Glenn really has an all or nothing view when it comes to luxury. Yeah. It's either a sleeping bag I'm... in someone's couch or just the full Astoria situation. Yeah. 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 I'll, t- I'll take the hotel if there's gummy bears. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. Gummy bears, they would, that would change the, the dynamic considerably. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think I think what's fair to say is if you have the capacity to get 25 people into a room, we will right. come and do a live podcast. But sure. I think you got to ask, do you have what it takes to keep us on point? Wow, yeah. Mm. Thought that was my job, and I don't have what it takes to do that. As you hear week in and week out. Maybe. And this is the thing you got to know is it's hard to plan ahead cuz maybe that day it needs to be a semi panini, maybe it needs to be gummy bears. Maybe it needs to be sleeping bags. We're temperamental. That's the thing you got to know. We might wake up and say, you know what? Today, it better be a full-on panini. That's right. 
And what then? You know what you're going to be thinking? You're thinking, man, I should have bought that panini press. You're right. You should have. You should have. You should have thought of that. Yeah. Now, look at what's happening. Yeah. And then we go out and give bad advice. Right. And it hurts people because you were cheap at the Bed Bath & Beyond Mm. and wouldn't buy a panini press. Somebody got selfish and now everybody's paying the price. That's exactly right. Can you live with that (laughs) on your conscience, internet? Can you? Here's what I love about this. We'll come to your town. Sure, we'll come to your town and bring this kind of joy and peace and ministry. Here's what I love about this. We we decided to do a bit where we thought, let's think of crazy things that would be on the rider, and nobody could pull something that cost more than $10. Yeah. <laughs> Gummy bears and paninis. Even in being comedic overreach, yeah. as Jed's point, that's how cheap of existence we live. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. Panini. Yeah. yeah. Maybe what's $11 if you <laughs> yeah. get nuts at the Panera. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's true. You can order from anything on this page of the menu. <laughs> this must be what it's like to be royalty. <laughs> <laughs> One art, please. <laughs> but again, we say we say funny things during the emergencies. That's not a joke. Twenty five people. Yep. Now, if you if you book us and say we can do the thing, and then there's less than twenty people who show up, uh, the, we will rain down the wrath upon you. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. We'll be what? very unpleasant. Yeah, what does that entail? Jed will eat. Jed will come to your house and eat all your Cheetos yeah. out of spite while you're trying to listen to something else very loudly no, look, in your gonna, ear. This is this is going out to the internet, and I, as y'all know, you can't lie on the internet. Certainly it's, not, or they'll come and get you. Right. That's what people who report the Onion as news stories seem to think. Exactly. Now, here's what you need to know: is Jed's gonna eat your Cheetos? That's gonna happen. No doubt about it. You maybe you <laughs> want him to eat some of your Cheetos. Maybe don't. Maybe you want to hide the Cheetos. Jed's going to find the Cheetos. Oh, yeah. Jed's going to eat the yeah, Cheetos. Yeah. That's happening. Yeah. Let's just understand that. Well, you're, you're right. That it's, is just a given. Maybe if you if we show up and you know you didn't get the requisite, we'll, we'll give you a five-person buffer. You told us we're 25. There's only 18. Maybe we'll just have Jed break your house. Yeah. yeah. Which he's got a talent for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- this happened. Uh, we were just talking about this recently, but. Uh, you know, we all travel for, uh, work stuff. We do, uh, speaking gigs around the country and stuff. And we were, we happened to be, by doing... we all Glenn means him. Yeah. And, uh, uh, <laughs> we were in uh, LA, uh, doing a, a few gigs out there and, uh, we have a supporter there that has a nice house. And he said, well, why don't you just come and stay with us? And you know that Je- was a mistake. Jed's like, How, "What's a Cheeto situation?" Right. And we we're like, "You know, you know what? Forget about the Cheetos. It's a nice place, and he's a nice person. Be a person. Be a person. We'll buy you a bag of Cheetos. Get over the Cheetos. Let's yeah. just, you know, let's get on with life." So we go to to the place, and uh, we walk in the front door, and it's like a super nice, nice, nice house and nice people. Yeah, they're very sweet and very understanding. Jed walks in and he grabs a hold of the railing as he's going in the stairs to, to go in there and just rips it right out of the wall. <laughs> and yeah. All of us. But wait a minute. Is is Jed like a superhuman mutant? And this was the moment that his mutant powers just revealed themselves. Yes. Sure. The, pro- the thing we didn't know that his was not that his it, what we realize is his mute, mutant power is to just embarrass all of us yeah, that's massively true. <laughs> that's true it's, that's exactly what happened we all just turned and looked at him like why would you do that jed yeah why don't do that 
so we all got over that moment and we got down into the basement where where we were staying it's a really nice little area and the dog was there you know how the family dog does when the strangers in the house are just going nuts and it's one of these little little dogs little yappy dog yep 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 and he used to run around driving us nuts while we're trying to kind of unpack now y'all don't know this internet but the best show that's ever been made on television is the dog whisperer for sure i mean it that's won the emmy for best show <laughs> this ever. is the best i don't own a dog i don't want to own a dog but it's the right. best show that has ever happened to television sure i have studied it extensively and I believed in my heart, I can dog whisperer this dog. You understand? <laughs> Not dog whisper it, dog whisperer it. That's right. And the dog is going crazy. And what happened is I decide to do it. If y'all have seen the show, he's got a move that he puts on a dog. So I put the move, the dog whisperer move on the dog. Now, what happened in that exact moment is that dog made a noise. It has never made before that was similar to if you had maybe tied it down and were giving it an electrical shock. <laughs> <laughs> and the owners who were beginning to deeply regret this decision hear their beloved family pet being tortured, apparently in our presence, came running and were scared that the dog, you know, now, understand, it worked. Sure. That's my point of view on that story is I, so this is what we're saying, Internet, is if you have a fairly sturdy house that, <laughs> and maybe you have a problem dog, we will come in there and I will dog whisper <laughs> that. Now, you need to go and leave the place because you might be disturbed by the sounds that happen. <laughs> But when you're when I'm done with that dog, believe me, we're all gonna be on the same page. Right. Because me and that dog saw eye to eye after that. Sure. We had no conflicts. We were bonding. We were friends. Everybody's getting along. So that's that's what we're saying. We were also never so, asked. So back. you'll you'll dog <laughs> yes. you'll dog whisperer the dog. Right. And then Jed will break the house. Yeah. yeah. Only Is if he right? forces hand. Well, I love the idea that that uh, in Jed's in the superhero movie of Jed's life, that uh, the origin story part doesn't conclude with like a swell from the orchestra. It's right. just like a really awkward pause yeah. where everybody's just embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, like what? What? Why would you do that? Well, I, uh, Lee, not not to quibble, but you say where everybody's embarrassed. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Jed, Jed was like, well, I guess that just happened. That's all that's going through his mind. Yeah, <laughs> just picture Jed very just wordlessly handing the owner of the house a piece of their banister. Here, here you go. That's apparently that's loose. So might want to get that. Think your at. workmanship's a little shoddy there. Yeah, How much take a look at that. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I'm I'm dog whispering the dog and making it make scary noises. Sure. Yeah. So that can happen. Or let me just pitch an alternate reality here. You email us and say, look, I got you know the the church or the you know the small group or the whatever mm -hmm. 25 people will come and and i'll just spring for a hotel for all of us to wow. to just it won't be nice money bags king they called it it won't be nice and it will bankrupt me but it'll be worth it to spare you having glenn and jed come to your house and that's how much i love the audience yeah well 
Uh, no dogs are going to get whispered, but all right. And here's what I know about me, and I know the same thing about you two, is if I'm going somewhere and someone says, hey, you can come crash on the couch, I start looking up hotels and go, 120 bucks? I'll, I'll pay that not to stay at someone's house. Yeah. 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 yeah we'll, we, we, it will be a race. Will we creep you out or will you creep us out fast? Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's excessively true. Yeah. Just, it's, that's, if you want to know what it's like to work with Glenn and Jed, it's just a constant game of creep out chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Someone really will weird true. us out or we will weird them out. But yeah. yeah. So we feel good about what we've done here? Yeah, I'm, I'd like to go ahead and declare emergency off. All right, well, that's lovely. You know, sometimes when we have an emergency on the podcast, I feel bad about myself for having brought this podcast into existence that's why i turned to bridgebox (laughs) okay because this month it tells me what to do when i hate what i see in the mirror and i'm feeling like i've made the world the worst place for (laughs) bringing in 15 minute rants about eating strangers cheetos and royal family and osteen in the future glencon cosplay glencon cosplay that absolutely falls under the umbrella Oh, dude, I'm totally, if you bring us to your town, I'm totally showing up dressed as Glenn Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah. That's worth it, folks. Yeah. I don't know how much, if you got to pay, say I got to pay people $5, it's worth it. Because, <laughs> man, will that be a whole new level in Glenn and Jed's relationship. Yeah. See, it's, again, things uh, like I'm that. I'm speechless. <laughs> first of all. Glenn has been silently shaking his head for the last Glenn two minutes. So first of all, in what disturbed. way, you say you're going to dress up like me. In what way do you picture us dressing differently? <laughs> Dude, I will go all out. I will shave my noggin. <laughs> I knew it was going there. I knew it was going to the bald head. I will I will do the, I'll get rid of the scruff and do the carefully manicured facial hair. Let me just tell you what. Tell me. Once again, the jealousy <laughs> of this of the bald head yeah. rises up. Yeah, not everyone can be bald like me, Jed. It's true. Uh, that's a a sign. Look it up on the internet. Excess testosterone. Okay. I'm not looking down on you because you have less testosterone than are, me. Are you saying I have low T? I'm trying to stop say it. Uh, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I will I, dog whisper you. <laughs> you don't eat that <laughs> I will dog. I guess I, Matt never pictured when he started this podcast that he would be yelling, "Stop it!" I will dog whisper you to keep my bosses from going on about an erectile dysfunction. Joke. I have a lot to say on low testosterone. I'm sure you do. But go ahead. All right. Well. I tried to plug Bridgebox in a creative and new manner, and we all see what happens with that when I try stuff like that. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox, $8 a month. I swear to you people, when we're not doing this podcast, we're doing actual ministry that's helping. Yes. Now, we try to make up for that by doing as much damage in the first 15 minutes of this podcast as possible. Yes. But when it's not that, we're helping the people get closer to the Lord. We're helping them figure out their housing situation, job stuff, people coming out of jail. And one of the reasons we're able to do that is because people like you subscribe to Bridgebox. It's only $8 a month, but we can get a lot of ministry done for that. And if you sign up in the uh, recent, in the near future, we will have another Bridgebox sign-up goodie coming at you. We'll talk more about that later on. But a lot of good stuff. It's uh, songs, sermons, writings, videos, all sorts of fun stuff. Only $8 a month. We're going to jump into our first question here. It says, I'm so disgusted. Nothing is going right. Ever since my husband left and I had to quit my job to care for our kids, my life has been horrible. 
I'm even losing my house now. How do I get over this intense anger and hatred for my ex and focus on God? Lee, can you start us off? Yeah, I definitely can. And man, I think the first the first thing we got to do here is just, uh, I know all of the guys on the podcast feel the exact same way. And I, I guarantee you, the folks listening, the other folks listening to the show feel the same way that we're just sorry. We're, we're sorry that this is going down. We're going to be uh, praying for you. Um, I mean, this, let's just be honest. This sucks. I mean, it's yeah, just a sucky situation, and uh, I'm sorry about what you're going through. Um, I think one thing that happens, um, you know, you specifically say, how do I get over this intense anger and hatred for my ex and focus on God? Well, you should know that that thing, that thing is not going to, uh, th- there's not a quick fix for that. Wow. There's not a, a blink and you're done with that deal. And and one thing that you should know about this situation is that, is that, uh, my money is on the the idea that God is pretty pissed about this whole thing too. And uh, I'll tell you this, the heart of God is for you and the heart of God is for your kids. And he loves you and he has a plan for you. And you are, you are, uh, he, he, he knows what he's doing. It's difficult to understand what's going on and everything, but I know that his heart beats for you and he loves you. One thing that tends to happen when we get into these unbelievably awful situations, and, and it's easy to do this, is that people basically feel like this is the way the rest of my life is going to go. And the way that they start coloring it and looking at it is, how am I going to do this right here for the rest of my life? And basically, that is a, that's a very difficult thing to process. I mean, you're in such a tumultuous situation right now. Um, right now, there's so, much, there's so much tension, there's so much upheaval, there's so many problems and issues. And, and the temptation is to say, that's what the rest, the rest of my life is going to be this kind of tumult. It's just going to be a crazy amount of just insane trouble for the rest of my life. And and it's basically, it's mentally impossible for you, psychologically impossible for you to, 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 to figure out how you're going to navigate the rest of your life in a situation like this. And so the first thing that I would encourage you to do is, is to narrow that field of view down and say, what do I need to do today yeah. to make it through the rest of this day? Say that. Um, now I'm not going to, I'm not worried about the the rest of my entire life or how we're going to get through this school year, uh, you know, with the kids or anything like that. The only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out how first, how I can get myself out of the bed and then how I can get dressed and tie my shoes. Now I can put breakfast on the table for my kids. Where are we going to stay? What's, what's my next job situation going to be? What can I do while I'm in transition? Who can help me? Uh, is there a church or a mission or something like that where I can get some, some actual practical help and figure out what those things are? How am I going to get through this day where the sun came up and then the sun's going to go down? That's where we need to start because the fact is it's not going to be this type, this level of upheaval for the rest of your life. Some things are going to balance out, some deep pressurize we're gonna we're gonna get some we're gonna get somewhere and, and the Lord's gonna walk you through this but the first thing is to figure out what do I have to do today and to know that to know that the Lord has your back and he understands your anger he understands the, the how upset you are about this Psalm 103 says that God understands that we are dust he understands that you can't just turn the the dial of Christianness 
up to 11, max this thing out and just be, I'm totally okay and I'm not upset with my husband anymore and I'm totally fine and I've forgiven everybody and it's fine. He knows that you're not going to be able to do that right now. And so what we need to look at is the fact that this is not a time to judge your emotions. It's not a a time to try to be really quote-unquote Christian at this situation. We want to figure out what do we need to do to get through this day to get the kids taken care of, the kids fed, and who can help do that. And feel free to contact us to, you know, to, to push back on how, and to see how we can help you figure that thing out as well. Absolutely. Jed? Well, Darlene, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Uh, and I, I agree with everything that, that Lee said to you. I can tell you if it helps at all, if I were in your shoes and someone had run out on me and was about to put me and my children out on the street, um, the, the last concern I would have is how can I be Christian about this? Um, I think you're, That's right. I think you're a better person than I am because uh, I would just have phaser set to kill and that would basically be it. Um you're asking, you know, how do I, you know, how do I be Christian about this? What do I, what do I do? Uh, and everything Lee has told you is right on. Uh, I, I just want to echo: do not judge your emotions. That's the the absolute worst thing you could possibly do. Uh, Lee is right. You got to take this one day at a time, uh, and we got to plot a strategy on how we move forward. Um, oftentimes, in in the midst of difficult experiences, we want to ask the big questions. We want to ask why and what does this mean? And that's the wrong time to ask those questions. Amen. Um, There will come a time to to ask all those questions, but it's later. It's it's down the road. It's when we're to a stable uh, place where uh, we have a stable living situation and, and, you know, there's money coming in and the kids are fed. So the real question is, how do we get there? How do we get to that place of stability? The thing that I would encourage you is you need to ask for help. Um, there is no shame in asking yeah. for help. Let me repeat that. There is no shame in asking for help. This question came in anonymous. Some of the questions, uh, we know who the person is, and they ask us to list it as anonymous. Some of them actually are anonymous, and this one came in anonymous. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you live. In America, we have a very weird culture where a lot of people are afraid and ashamed to ever ask for help about anything. Yeah, right. um, that that's is right. That's not Christian. Uh, and that's right. also not sane. Yeah. Um, a, 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 a humble person, a godly person knows when they need help and asks for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. and it, you need help. That's where you're at. There's no shame in that. We want to help you. Um, all of yeah. us on this podcast are very experienced at dealing with people in crisis. Um, if you will contact us, we will help you. Uh, we will do that. You can contact any of the four of us. Uh, we will help you get this sorted out. We'll, we'll get you squared away. But now is the time to reach out for help. Uh, there, there are times in your life, you know, to be strong and, you know, stand on your own and whatever. This is not one of those times. Right. Um, uh, we can deal with the spiritual stuff and the big questions once we get to a place of stability, but we got to get to that place of stability first. Uh, reach out, please. I'm asking you contact one of us. If you don't sit down with your pastor, contact someone in your community, but start getting help. You need help to get through this time. Um, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Uh, but Amen. but get help. There is help available. We'd love, we'd be honored to get to be a part of that. Um, but either way, uh, get that help and know that we're praying for you. We believe in you, and we're here for you, whatever you need. Absolutely. Glenn? Yeah, I, I uh, agree with these guys. So uh, the main thing that, that we want to say is that we're sorry that this happened Uh, mm-hmm. uh Unfortunately, we deal with uh, quite a little bit of this stuff in yeah. in the work that we do. We see it, and um, uh, you know, our uh, you know, it's one of those things when you're close to someone, and you see them go through this kind of struggle, 
your heart hurts all the more when you see someone else go through it because you have more of a sense of what they're dealing with. Uh, and and for sure, uh, we're we're praying for you and we love you and we're here for you. Um, I think the toughest thing about what you're going through is uh, we tend to try and um, write the story of our life uh, in the way that we live it out. We have a we we say I, I'm going to fall in love, get married, have children, get a house. Uh, live happily ever after, have grandkids, blah, blah, blah. You know, we have that story, and then we try and live in such a way as to make that story come true the way that we've put it together. And then something like this happens, and that story is over. That's that's what we've lost. Uh, We've, uh, the, the, the way that we scripted this thing out is gone. And that's, it can be a really tough, thing to deal with and we can be better about that we can really struggle with that and i'd, I'd have you zero in on that as the the main thing that 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 i think that you're going to be dealing with is this idea of uh, uh i thought my life is going to be something else and what it can do is leave you with a sense of i don't know if i'm prepared for this version of my life because i never pictured it coming out this way but here's the thing that you should know about that, spiritually speaking, is all of the growth that I have in my walk, all of the strength that I have in my walk came from dealing with situations where uh, God completely changed the story that I had written for that for my life and for my situation and just destroyed that and rebuilt something else out of that. Uh, so, so we, you know, that that's one thing I'd have you look at. Second thing I have you look at simple exercise, get a piece of paper out and draw a line down the middle. On one side of that paper, I want you to list out all the things that will drain you because you, you are dealing with enough. Bless your heart. We got to reduce the stress and the strain. Look at what will drain you. Anger will drain you. Bitterness will drain you. Uh, worrying will drain you. Uh, you know, uh, being around negative people, being around people who are trying to say bad stuff about this whole breakup stuff will drain you. Wallowing in, in stuff will drain you. And then on the other side of that page, I want you to write down all the things that will build you up, uh, whether it be church stuff, uh, listening to worship CDs, getting into your word, spending time, getting a manicure, uh, you know, going to the movies, whatever it is. Figure out that stuff and figure out how can we maximize that side of the list and minimize the other side. Uh, and I will, just as I go away from that, I will totally reiterate what Jeb was saying about don't do this alone. Yeah. Here's what you need to know. All of us in this Christian walk, we all need each other. We need that encouragement Amen. and support. You're in a situation where you can't ignore that. The reality of that is, is, is hitting you. But the truth is that's the way it was all along. And I will tell you this. The stronger a Christian I know, the more often they ask for help and input. The, yeah, the weaker a Christian I know, the less likely they are. So don't feel like that you know, puts you in a bad light. Absolutely. One thing I would tack on to the end real, here real quick is, again, as Jed pointed out, this is the whole question that came in anonymously, so we don't know any more about your situation. But uh, just reading the, uh, the service stuff of it, uh, you're not the one who's wrong here. Yeah. So we talk, as Glenn said, you know, sometimes it's easy to get bogged down and stuff. Anybody you're going to for help whose first question is, 
well, what did you do to make your husband leave you? Yeah. So that that person, we're done listening to that person ever. If we gave money to their church, we don't give it anymore. One yeah. of the, the weird blessings, I know it's odd to call it a blessing, one of the odd positives of a situation that is this black and white sucky is you know what kind of people you're dealing with by the way they react to it. Yeah. So it sucks that it's happening to you. And one thing I will point out, again, we don't know where you live. If you, if you want to get back in contact with us, maybe we can help you on this. But there, we deal with this a lot in Chicago. There tends to be some social services for uh, for people with families, for especially women who want to work, whether that be child care or shelter stuff or whatever. So there's definitely may, there may be more stuff out there than you know about. And find someone, whether that's a social services wing in your city or you can email us who, who can help you put you in touch with all that stuff. All right, move on to our next question here. It says, as an engaged Christian couple, how can we prepare for the practical stuff of marriage, like learning to live together, making decisions, and figuring out sex? Most people I ask only seem to paint this picture that everything will be perfect and there will be no problems and everything will work out perfectly all at once. <laughs> yeah. You'll get your turn. <laughs> Judd starts off. <laughs> all right. All well, the married people are laughing. Take note. Yeah. Well, uh, you got the right instinct. Uh, that people are, are painting you a picture that's not true. Um, look, here's the thing is every marriage starts out as a disaster. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it involves two people who start out as disasters. Tweet. Exactly right. You got two people who don't have any idea what they're doing, don't have any idea what yeah. to do with it. Yeah. Um, there's no way that won't be a disaster. Right. And let's be clear, people of the internet, I love you, but if someone has told you, you know, if you'll just remain sexually pure until marriage and find a Proverbs 31 <laughs> woman and a Job 29 man, everything will be lovely. Internet, you have been lied to. Hello. Yeah. That is not how life works. That sets off the BS detector, and as we all know, BS stands for biblically specious. Yeah, I, I think I came up with that. Totally. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, here's the thing. Good marriages, this is a cliche, but it's totally true. Good marriages are the result of hard work. Uh, there's yeah. there's no way around that. If you if you show some show me somebody with a good marriage, I will show you two people who have worked their butts off to have that relationship be in a good place. Hello. Yeah, dude. So you, you, I love your question. I give you three things to look at. The first thing is you need to start now. Talk openly about everything. Let me say that again. If you want to have a good marriage, start now. Talk openly about everything. Start talking about money right now. Start talking about what's important to you what you care about, what you don't care about. And, and understand, if we're engaged, if we've reached the point where we're, we're planning to get married and we're preparing for that, now is the time for brutal honesty in those discussions. Yeah. So what that means is if you're going to talk about money and you need to talk about money, that needs to start right now, um, it's time, do not paint a best case scenario of what you think about money. It's time to say, look, here's something you need to understand about me is we can budget whatever we want, but if I don't start my day with Starbucks, I'm going to kill you. You just, you just need to know that. I mean, I will murder you if my day doesn't begin with a nice coffee. That's fine. That's as it should be. Now is, now is the time to discuss these things. You know, if I, you know, understand if I can't go to the movies at the end of the week, it's going to be a problem. That's, you know, it's going down. You need to be honest. You need to be realistic. Likewise, it's time to talk about sex. A yeah. good sex life comes from good communication. There's no way around that. Um, yeah. 
Uh, a lot of people, uh, and they come by it honestly, because Christian culture does a terrible job with this, uh, feel like sex is icky or dirty or uh, something we shouldn't look at. That's a bad call. If you want to have a good married sex life, you got to start talking about it now. That means talking about things that you're interested in, talking about things that you like, talking about things, talking about things that are turn-ons, and talking about things that are turn-offs. That should be a frank discussion. Yeah. Uh, if you're afraid that maybe that would lead you into temptation, do it over the phone. You know, right. uh, uh, you know, go somewhere else and, and talk it out over the phone. But you need to start talking it out now. Every topic you can think of, how are we going to deal with family? You right. know, when family misbehaves, yeah. what are yeah. we going to do about that? Yeah. Um, talking about kids, you know, what do we want? You know, what are, what are our hopes? What are our dreams? What um, what really matters to us? What are our core values? What are the things we feel like we can't live without? What are the things that we feel like are negotiable? Talk about everything. The goal of that is not only to get you on the same page, this is thing two, the goal is to figure out off of that what needs work. Yeah. Because if you're being mm-hmm. open and honest, this what should happen is it should start revealing to you that you have issues. Right. Uh, yeah. Because you do. Right. And the goal is to figure out where are those issues. Your goal, if you want, and, and this is a big goal. Don't hear me saying you can do this in one step. You can't. It's a lifelong goal. But but if you want to have a good marriage, your goal is to grow to be a person who is whole and complete in Christ. Right. Let me say yeah. it again. If you want a good marriage, your goal needs to be to be a person who is whole and complete in Christ. In other words, you're not looking for your spouse to complete you. Right. That's they're there to compliment you, not to complete you. Those are two right. very, very different things. I see a lot of stuff on Tumblr of, you know, I just need you. I just need you to be with me. Dude, if you need that other person to be with you, it's not love anymore. Right. It's become something else. And it's certainly not a Christian marriage. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, a Christian marriage is built on two people who are able to stand on their own independently. And while we're on that subject, let's be very clear, it's time to kill whatever issues you've still got related to old relationships. Um, That means whatever you've got to do to let those go, it's time to do it now. Um, Glenn coined this phrase a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it's perfect. It fits this. You should be able to declare to yourself, my heart is whole. Uh, It says in Ephesians 1-4 that God chose to make us whole and holy in his love. Uh, If you feel like you've given pieces of your heart away, take them back. Right. Take them the heck back. God made you whole, and you need to claim that. You need to own that. It's time to do that right now. I'll tell you one more thing. I'm going to pass it to these other brothers. Figure out a way to start serving together. Yeah. Yeah, The goal of a Christian marriage is to uh, make it possible for the two of you to serve Jesus more effectively together as a couple than you ever could independently. That's actually the goal of a Christian marriage. The goal of a Christian marriage is not to exist in a pink cloud of togetherness right. where everything is just lovely and we snuggle under an Afghan. That's actually not that's not the point. Right. I think a lot of You don't mean a person from Afghanistan, right? No, no, I, I mean an actual, you know, crocheted uh, a textile good. Because um, that's a whole di- different thing. That's a, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind a, of a, a husband you know, and wife in an Afghan, that's not so, That's a different thing. Yeah. That's that's wrong. That is totally wrong. We're against that. I'm against it. And possibly racist. I don't know if Afghan is a derogatory term. I believe it's Afghani. Is it? I don't know. I feel like so. Are you sure? I feel like we intentionally offend right, so many actually, people yeah. that we may be unintentionally offending people. You're welcome, Afghan. We didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just offended on their behalf. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to speak for my Pashtun brethren right now yeah. and just tell you all of you are. Stop wrong. making up words, Jed, and finish answering. <laughs> 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 wow. 
All right. So here's what I'm saying is the point of your marriage is to serve Jesus and to do it more effectively as a team than you could separately. So that should start now. Um, find a way to serve. Maybe that's volunteering at the youth group together. Maybe that is volunteering at the homeless shelter, or the food kitchen, you know, whatever. Find something you're excited about, but get in that motion. I can tell you right now, dude, I, um, w- one of the greatest joys in my life is being able to serve the Lord side by side with my wife. I, yeah, and dude. I cannot imagine what my marriage would look like if we didn't get to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I don't even know what that would be. But that's that's what you want is to find a way to serve together. Start that process now. Um, but I think if you'll do those three things, I think you'll start to be in great shape. Absolutely. Glenn? Yeah, I would echo all of that. If you, if you were to poll uh, Christian counselors and, and, and probably just any kind of a marital counselor, the first thing they— have learned to say to married couples is what's going on with the sex life and what's going on with the finances. Yeah. Because those are going to be your two main culprits just about any time mm-hmm. there's a problem going on. So uh, whatever you can do to get on the same page beforehand, uh, that's what you want to do. Uh, it, this question is for two engaged people, an engaged couple. You have to understand when you're engaged, you this is we're in the throat of this marriage. It's we're ready to get yeah. into this marriage. Uh, we need to be uh, figuring out how to merge these two lives together, and we need to be going that with no holds barred. Yeah. This is this is not a time for say, well, you know, if we talk about this, we're talking about no. This yeah. is engagement, dude. We're in this thing. It's time to do it. Uh, and I, I agree with Jed. I would look at uh, sex stuff, money stuff, and, and just household stuff. Sure. I mean, and I would sit down and list out everything you can think of in all three of those departments. You know, if you start with the household stuff, literally, what side of the bed do you want to sleep on? Who's going to cook? Who's going to clean? Who's going to take out the trash? Yeah. You know, whatever. And what you'll find, if you really go at this with some gusto and really get into it, what you'll find is... Uh, you know, one person will say, you know, if th- there's just one thing I hate doing. It's this thing. And the other one says, oh, yeah. shoot, I don't mind doing that. You, you, you do that. But here's the thing I hate. If you do mine, I'll do yours. And then, you know, you, you figure out a way to work as a team and you find out who's good at stuff. Some, maybe someone's good at cooking. Well, the other one said, well, shoot, I can take out the trash. You just keep cooking. You know, that kind of thing. You can uh, begin to feel that teamwork and that synergy building as you're, as you're talking that stuff through. Uh, as Jed said, of course, you're going to find some areas where it's like, wait a second, we both want to sleep on the left side of the bed and everybody, uh, you know, hates, uh, uh, you know, cleaning the toilet. So what are we going to do here? And that's where you you get into the creative part of that. That's when you Strategy. begin to learn how do we, yeah, how do we work as a, as a, as a team to figure that out? So whatever it is, it's a rotating schedule. It's a whole thing. You know, we figure out what to do with that. Same thing with money. I mean, that means needs to be. Who, who handles the money, who writes the checks, who handles the bills, um, you know, uh, and that needs to be specific to the two of you. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. In my marriage, my wife is yeah. great at handling money. She's actually great at making decisions. She gets a lot of input from me, but she, she could probably do as good or better on her own with that. Uh, I am terrible handling money, and I don't like it. And I don't want to do it. So we have a marriage where that's, you know, we, we weed that element out. She, she handles a lot of those things and I, you know, and she, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, takes care of those things. 
uh, and I help out in other areas. So, but I'm comfortable with that. She's comfortable with it. That's my point. It works for us. For another couple, that would be a disaster. Sure. So you guys have to look at, you know, who's good at these things and how and and. How much is this my money or is it your money? Is it our money? Uh, I, I think we were talking about this the other day. You know, the, 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 uh, hey, this couch is for us. Ah, yes. <laughs> That's the big, you know, I'm the just TV giving, is for you. Yeah. The, the couch TV, is for us. The bass boat's for you. The couch is for us. You say, wait, 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 wait a second. You know, yeah. There's a lot of, and that's now you, now you're negotiating. So you yeah. got to get in there and get, mix it up. Um, and, and as Jed said, uh, I would go over every inch of every sexual everything. Yep. And I know what you people out there are thinking that this <laughs> means we have to confess all of our past iniquity. No, I am not talking about that. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? You will creep each other out at the drop of a dime. Yeah. I'm not talking and, about and that. And think it's holy? Yeah. Oh, please don't. Then it's do uncomfortable. That. It must be holy. You know, Mary, before this goes any further, I have to tell you something shocking about myself. I'm not proud of things I've done, but the truth is I've been known to look at naked pictures on the internet before. I'm ashamed you're probably rejecting me right now, but, well, you deserve the truth. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Who's dating Batman, by the way? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I was uh, in the cutscenes. Yeah. There's a whole subplot. Here's the thing is, uh, this needs to be a positive conversation about the future. And as Jed said, this needs to be, what is what are you into? What is your taste? What do you think you would like? Maybe something you'd like to try. Or maybe, uh, you know, stuff that, how can, and, and, and it's down to how can we, um, uh, love each other and support one another what happens if i'm in the mood and you're not in the mood yep. so i would talk through everything you can think of in that look for every different wrinkle and every different thing that may come up and the more that you as jed is illustrating the more that you talk that through that's a you know a, a four-month conflict and argument that you solved in about 15 minutes of conversation yes. because you did it ahead of time or whatever the more you can front load that the better i just like to tell you right now true confessions um my wife is my favorite person in the world we have a great marriage every time every time we have an argument after we figure out what happened and it, it's always we did not talk about this yeah it's yeah, a yeah. subject, whatever the subject is, it's something we did not talk about. It. Right. She assumed one thing, I assumed yeah. another, and yeah. then a conflict happened. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. And that, yeah, you're saving a ton if you, if you can front load that. Absolutely. Lee? Well, it's interesting where Jed just took it because that's exactly where I wanted to go, which is that right now in your engagement, you need to start learning how to fight. Yeah. Okay. Because you're going to. You, you straight up are going to. I, I, Matt emails us these questions sometimes the day that we record the podcast. This email came in yesterday, and I I glanced at it before uh, at the end of the day. We were getting kitchen cleaned up and stuff, and I started laughing, and and Christy said, what are you laughing at? I said, oh, listen to this. And I read the question and where it says, most people I ask only seem to paint this picture that everything will be perfect, and there will be no problems, and everything will work out perfectly all at once. And we had a nice little laugh about that. Here's the deal. Uh, I, I... Man, being a pastor, being in a position where you do discipleship, where you have to talk people about their problems and stuff, man, there are people who have been married for decades and they still don't know how to fight, man. Yeah. Yeah. They do not know how to fight. They don't know. Because look, 
as a married couple, you are, it is not going to be perfect and roses and everything the whole time. You are going to fight. That is going to happen. Okay. So here's what you need to do is you need to start like when you, the next time that you have a fight, okay, I want you to be cognizant of the fact that, Hey, we're having a fight. And right now, is as soon as this thing is over and we cool off, it's going to be time to learn some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What you need to do is when you, when the emotions cool down and when you've settled the, the, the issue, you need to come back together and say, Hey, let me know when you are uh, emotionally at a good place where we can kind of sit down, analyze what just happened between us and strategically get better so that we don't do that next time. Uh, You know, we, we found Christy and I found out some things real early on and just even dating even before we got engaged that we had some non-negotiables when we're fighting hey when when we when we start getting into it this thing right here if you do this i i don't know why i don't know where it came from but if you do this one thing i will lose my mind (laughs) and i will be an impossible human i will not be able to carry on if if you do this thing and you know and then she would say well that's it's good you bring this up if you do this thing i will i will hurt you physically and it it will be impossible for me to stop until you are dead you know and so it's just it's one of those it's like you're going to find these things out that you're going to have non-negotiables about fighting don't try to live in some candy-coated christian world where you're not going to fight because you're going to fight man but get good at it one of the things that look we you know christy and i we still have our things but i'm telling you we are getting better at it and we've got friends our own age and people that are way far have been married way longer than us that they'll fight and they won't talk to each other for days Mm, man and they i mean they will go cold and and one of the things i love is we have worked as jed said a good marriage is a marriage where people have worked hard on it we have worked hard on this man we we have figured out what it takes for us to disagree to how to deal with our emotions and look it's still hard and we're still trying to figure this thing out but we're getting better at it and that's the whole key talking about it strategy getting better at it because you're two sinful people you're you're it's like this impossible it takes this impossible amount of cooperation this impossible amount of grace and kindness and understanding and so to to figure that out we've got to be smarter than our emotions We've got to figure this out strategically. So after you fight, when everything cools down, make a deal that you're going to have a conversation, come back together and learn something from it and refine your style. Meet in the middle somewhere and get better at it and better and better and better at it. It's an absolutely great point. I want to tack on the end here real quick. One thing about um, who to take advice from, yeah, as you've just learned in the last three uh, answers here. Everybody I know with a really solid marriage is not shy about talking about how hard that is. Here's the thing I know about three Mm -hmm. people in this podcast, and I have other great friends who have great marriages. They have excellent marriages, and it almost kills them on a (laughs) weekly basis. (laughs) And they will tell you that. Now, there's a certain number of people who I've heard of this. I'm stealing this from some stand-up comedian. I can't remember who. Treat marriage as a pyramid scheme. They just want to get you in, man. It's great. (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah. And there's, I think the real weird thing about, and you put it perfectly, and you put it at the end of your question, everything will work out perfectly all at once. Yeah. It just happens. <laughs> Bless yeah. their hearts. I have never met a pastor talking about their marriage who didn't just know. Yeah. Right. The first time they met her, they just knew. I just knew. Now, they just knew about 20 girls before that, but we're leaving that out because I'm on stage and I'm telling right. a story. Right. So, you know, be aware of what you're hearing. Be aware of what makes sense. And 
be open to the fact that the best marriage in your church may not be with a guy on the stage. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Pastoring ministry in general is tough on a marriage. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're also dealing with a line of work where, unfortunately, some people have to stay married to keep their job. Yeah. So they, it's tough. So be aware that it may be the couple, the young couple helps out with the youth group, and maybe the old couple who helps out in the church. A nursery or who cleans up after the service, but ask God to give you eyes for what the actual marriage you want in your church is, and that's who you should listen to. We're going to jump to our last question here. It says, could you please explain the idea of being a new creation while still living inside our sinful nature? I believe we get renewed daily, growing in Christ-likeness, yet never achieving perfection until the afterlife. I understand that in my heart, but it's hard to put into words. How can I be new yet still be old? Glenn, can you kick us off? Yeah, uh, you are not your actions. Hello. Uh, Transformation is uh, uh, that God's talking about is a state of being. You're talking about actions. It's two totally different things. If you think I am the stuff that I do, then it's confusing. And a lot of people do feel that way. That's a lot of Christians. If you say, are you a good Christian? They say, yeah, I do a lot of good stuff. I go to the Bible. Yeah. I go to church, read the Bible. Boo, boo, boo. If you say, "Are you a bad Christian?" Yeah, I'm a bad Christian. I don't do this. I don't do that. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I'm not. La la la. Uh, it's not uh, an act that we're putting on here. This is not something that uh, we behave our way into. It's not. Uh, 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 we are not the sum total of our actions. That's not where we have our worth. That's not where our lives find meaning. Uh, uh, my worth is measured in the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for me. I can't give you a good reason why he did that. I can't give you a good justification why he did that. I can't even give you a good piece of logic as to why he did that. He, he He did it. And that's what I'm worth, period. Now, my actions compared to that mean diddly squat. There's nothing impressive about my actions compared to the sacrifice that Jesus made on my behalf. Uh, I'm not putting that in there. The second thing uh, that I would have you look at is the you, the state that you, you've changed your state of being. That's the change. That's the new you. And... That is creating a transformation that's taking place from the inside out. Now, uh, the reason why you're confused about that is everybody else you're looking at is trying to change from the outside in. Let me dress up the part. Let me look the part, act the part, you know, whatever. I'm going to talk like a Christian, walk like a Christian, quack like a Christian. And then everybody's going to say, hey, this dude is a Christian. Because he's acting his way into it. And then I'll be confused into thinking I'm a Christian. And then God will be confused into thinking I'm a Christian. And that's how this all, this, this sounds stupid when I say it out loud. I don't know why it makes sense in your head. Bless your heart. When we're tr- figuring out how to, 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 to uh, uh, be involved in this Christian life, uh, we have to work that transition from the inside out. If you change your way of thinking, if you change your way of seeing the world, if you're transformed in an inner way, your actions will inevitably follow suit. That will not happen right away this very second. This takes right. time. The time between my, you know, this inner transformation beginning and my behavior changing is a lag there. There's, there's, a, there's a 
a, a time where one is not fully manifest into the other. Christians, bless your heart, you are terrible at dealing with that little time frame right yeah, there. Yeah. Uh-huh. In your mind, all bets are off because that didn't you 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 didn't snap your fingers. And say, well, I'm transformed. I think that means all of my behavior should be perfect. Well, you know, it's a work in progress. This this transformation takes time. And by the way, show me the Bible verse that says Jesus tells you that transformation needs to happen at the fastest rate possible. Come on now. Uh, it, it, it takes time. And you know what? Sometimes the more you wrestle with it, the more you deal with it, the more that you learn about it, the more that you grow closer to the Lord, the more I want, I want to hear somebody say, I struggled with this thing for years. And you know what? I finally asked God what he thinks. Yeah. I kept going to God telling him I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm a bad Christian. Woo. woo, woo. My actions are this. This is what my actions say about me. La, la, la. I want to meet the person who says, you know what? I got tired of that. I just asked God what he thought. And then he told me what the deal was, and then we found some transformation. Then we were able to get some perspective on this thing. That's what we're trying to encourage you towards. Uh, your, your being is changed. You are a new creation, and your actions will reflect that. But you are not your actions. Absolutely, Lee. I love all the stuff that Glenn's throwing down here, and I love that concept of the difference between my status with God and the way that I'm acting. And the truth is that, that if you already, if it were possible and it's not possible, but if it were possible to plot all of your sins on a graph or whatever, I mean, the truth is you, you're, uh, when, as soon as you, you know, you start walking with Jesus, you, there starts to be a, a shift. There starts to be a, a movement in that needle. It starts to be an uptick on that graph. Even if it's just a little bit, it's, but it's hard to see. It's hard for you to tell. And it's, a lot of that is hard to, to get your head around because you feel so guilty guilty about the sin that you're still doing. And uh, one thing that I loved about what Glenn said was, if you were to ask the Lord, you know, the, to, to help you prioritize the sin that the sins in your life that he wants to work on right now, the thing that he wants to deal with, it's probably not the stuff that you think he's down on. Uh, he, he's probably, your, your, your list of priorities is probably way different from his. I, I love all that stuff that he said. I, I just want to throw a little picture in here because one thing that you said is, I mean, you've actually got this grasp of it, you know, that I, I know I'm not going to be there until after I'm, after I'm gone. I understand that in my heart. It's hard to put into words. How can I be this and still that? Um, I, I'll give you just one little illustration, and that is with uh, our, our, we have a, a Christy and I have a little boy named Jack. He's almost five years old, and he uh, he had a problem when he was a little baby where uh, there was a lot of fluid built up in his ears, and it was and he basically couldn't hear anything, and we didn't know this. Um, but it was messing with his equilibrium. The only thing we knew was uh, that he was not on track for when, like, when babies usually start uh, going transitioning from crawling to walking. He just wasn't doing that thing. And you know, it's, there's a there's a big kind of range for when babies start to walk. But Jack wasn't walking at 20 months, which is, you know, typically it's a pretty late 
you know, uh, you know, it's pretty old to be walking. And then kind of 21 months, 22 months, he still wasn't walking. We, we took him to this like ear, note and throat specialist or whatever. And they found all this fluid on his ears. They did these tests and they, they did this thing where they opened it up and they got all this stuff out. And they basically told us this kid can't hear. And that's messing with his equilibrium. It's messing with his balance, the whole thing. And that's probably why he's not walking. After they did that, pretty soon after that, he started walking. And one of the things is, as a as a dad, watching all of that transpire, I, I wasn't frustrated with him. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I delighted in that child. I mean, we loved him. We loved watching him crawl. We knew the kid was going to walk one day. I mean, we, we knew all this was going to get sorted out. We didn't really know what the deal was with the, with the fluid in his ears and stuff like that. But, you know, but I, I, we just loved him. I mean, you know, it was like, yeah, a lot of kids walk before Jack did. But uh, I'm telling you what, to, to watch that kid walk and run and jump, I mean, he's, he's taken off. And, and, uh, and he's a blast to hang out with. And even if he wasn't walking to this day, I got to tell you, as his dad... I wouldn't care, man. I mean, I, I, I know he is the guy, he is the kid that I love. And, you know, whatever the timeline is for him to, to get to the things that he's going to do, as a dad that, that loves his kid, I just love him. I just love being with him. And the, the one thing that I want you to be able to get your head around is, is uh, that, that place in 1 Timothy chapter 1 where Paul talks about the unlimited patience of Christ. Yeah. Um, you should know that, that Jesus knows uh, that you're gonna, he's gonna get you to where you need, where you need to be. And in the meantime, he has unlimited patience for you, boundless, endless patience for you. And and if if it feels like that's a statement that feels like it ought to be setting you free, if that makes you feel lighter, if that makes you feel better, it should. Because that is an awesome thing, Amen. that Jesus has unlimited patience for the process of you becoming the person that he knows you will become. The, the main thing that we need to do is to relax and love him. And the change in our behavior comes from the love that we have for him, not the other way around. Absolutely. Jed? Well, I'd like to start by saying that between uh, Fitz and Lee, I don't think there's any meat left on that bone. Both those answers are killer, man. Thank you. And uh, people on the internet, y'all are blessed, man, to be able to to ask questions, get those kind of responses. Look, here's the real quick. Here's the thing I would add in is that sin is boring. This yeah. this is the thing, man. Is yeah. Christians act like their sin is the most fascinating thing in the world? They focus on it a lot. <laughs> you won't believe what I did. Oh my! Probably goodness. will. <laughs> Jesus came and died so that we could talk about something other than your sin. Yes. That's, yes. That's the whole point. Look, man. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinful being. Um, I can be a real jerk. Uh, I do wrong things. None of that is interesting at right. all. I'm working on it, and I'm trying to follow the Lord and let Him set the you know the agenda and the pace. I'm working on it, but I'm a sinner. But it's not interesting. That's boring, man. Now, if you tell me, you know, there are people going through a hard time, and you could write a song, and God would use that song to set those people free and encourage them. Now, that's interesting. Yeah. If you tell me yeah. there's people in Cook County Jail that don't know what to do with themselves and you could make a comic book and it would totally change the trajectory of their life, well, that's very interesting. Yeah. That I'd love to talk about. My sin, 
Yeah. Not interesting. Yeah. Very, very boring. Yeah. It's taken me a long time in my life to realize this, long enough that I'm somewhat embarrassed to admit it. But here's what you need to know about the devil is that his number one temptation is distraction. Yeah. That's yeah. that's actually his thing. Understand, yeah. you have a purpose to your life. You you have a mission. Whether you want that to be true or not, it is true. You were created uh, in it. You God had prepared good works in advance for you personally to do. There's right. work for you to do. The devil does not care what you do as long as you don't do that. Yes. Exactly right. uh, you could be a dude who goes to orgies, or you could be a dude who just takes up the pew at your church. He doesn't care as right. long as you yeah. don't do that work that God right. created you to do. Right. That's the only thing that he cares about. And again, that's all distraction. That's right. all a, a sense of a false narrative about your life. Mm-hmm. That's the devil's... I can tell you right now, for me, that's the, that's the only thing he's trying to do all day, every day, is paint a false narrative about who I am and what's mm-hmm. going on right. in my life. Right. That's the only temptation he's ever putting on me. And I bet it's true for you too. And if we pause for a second and we say, I get that you're trying to distract me. What are you trying to distract me from? There you go. Okay. That's going to change everything. Because yeah. understand, the sin never could satisfy you. If it could, you wouldn't be a Christian today. If, right. if the sin had worked, whatever your sin of choice was, if it had worked, you wouldn't have turned to Jesus. You would have been right. happy as a hog and slop, just kept right. doing that. Sin couldn't work then. It doesn't work now. It's not satisfying you. It's boring. It's not interesting. So the question we ought to be asking is, God, what do you have for me? What is this good stuff that you've prepared for me? And why is the devil so desperate for me to not look at it? There I mean, go. there are days in my life where it feels like that devil is frantic. Right. For me to not look over in a certain direction. Yeah. And again, right. uh, a smart man in that moment goes, what's over there? Why, yeah. is he, why is he so concerned about that? That's the thing I'd encourage you to start asking in your prayer life, to start asking at your Bible study, to start asking your pastor is, what am I not looking at in my life? And I don't mean what yeah. sin area am I not even aware of. I mean, what good stuff is God doing that I'm not paying any attention to? Yeah. I would dare you, when you go home, when you have prayers tonight, I would dare you to, to pray this to God. Say, God, can we set aside sin? for one week and talk about something else. Right. And if we do, what do you want to talk about? Because you already know what your sins are. You're already working on those. That's that's already, you don't need probably a whole lot of uh, time You're already forgiven. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, right. focus on everything else. So I dare you, I dare you, go home and start asking God for one week, I want to talk about something other than my sins. I don't have any idea what that would be. I need you to tell me, Mm. what do you have for me that isn't about my sin and how broken I feel by my transgression? And you're going to have a whole different view of sin when you're done with that. Yes, you are. And you may find that that starts at a week and just kind of keeps going. Yeah. Absolutely. That's an absolutely fantastic point mm. to end on. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Remember, the Bridge podcast debuts on August 5th. It's a Monday. Ooh. We'd really appreciate it if you give it a listen, subscribe, leave a review. That'll leave help a us. review. Yes, that'll help us get seen and move up the iTunes rankings. And if you've seen the uh, the new noteworthy of the religion section, could really use a shot in the arm. Leave That's us a I'm review. Saying. Yes, leave a review. Also, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. That's our bridgebox service. Tons of cool stuff to fuel your walk. And your $8 goes to support frontline missionaries right here in Chicago. I guarantee you we can get a lot of ministry done with your $8. We appreciate you listening. Yeah.
Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Let us eat your Cheetos. Cheetos.